Headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studio. It's the Ramsey Show. Where dad is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work that they actually love, and create real, amazing relationships. George Camel, Ramsey personality, host of the Fine Print podcast on Ramsey Networks, is my co-host today as we answer your questions about your life and your money. If you happen to be running around uh, New York City for some reason or another and you're in uh, Times Square, look up. You'll see us. Uh, the fine folks at Amazon Music um, lo- don't uh, donated or lent us their uh, digital billboards all around the side of one building up there to advertise the Ramsey Show. Of course, Amazon Music carries the podcast of this show. We appreciate them doing that. And um, so wherever you listen to podcasts is fine, but... Got a little Ramsey Show digital action there going on in Times Square. All the Times Square and, uh, tourists are now tuning into the show. Yeah, so just, welcome. Well, I mean, it's got my picture on there, so that probably... Is that a deterrent? I, I'm afraid that may mess the whole thing up, but it's got... Yeah, I think it's... Rachel and John are there, too. Yeah. Well, I that, didn't, me and Ken didn't make they'll the say, They'll save it for us, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, so, yeah, you, you work too hard to be this broke or something like that, it says. So, yeah, check it out, guys, if you're running around New York City. We appreciate that, and... Good working with the fine folks at Amazon Music. We appreciate them carrying the podcast. Uh, this podcast is offered everywhere. Great podcasts are offered. Anywhere you want to tune in, uh, it's everywhere. So uh, Spotify, Amazon, Apple, of course. Um, I don't know. Wherever else you do that. Oh, I guess Google Play, right? iHeart, SiriusXM, you oh, name it. You got it all there, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the, the Rams, we have our own little network app that some people use to tune in. YouTube, of course. Um and iHeart, we're on the iHeart. That's right. We have our own channel on the iHeart Radio app. I forgot about that. That's uh, that's been there since. I mean, we're so many days. places. You get, you're bound to forget a few at this point. Well, I'm yeah, I'm lost. But um, yeah, on so, top yeah. of the 600 something stations. Well, that's what my that's where I started. So all this other stuff has come along since then. And These I kids and their newfangled technology. Get off my lawn. Get off yeah. my digital lawn. Shut up. Shut up, George. Open phones at 888-825-5225. We're going to start this hour off with Knoxville. Sam is calling. Hey, Sam, how are you? Hey, good afternoon. I'm doing well. How are you doing? Better than we deserve, sir. What's up? Yes, sir. Okay, so uh, just a rundown. I'm married, happily married with three children. Uh, My wife and I um, have been married for 14 years, something like that now. And um, we've got some debt that we want to get paid off. We... We have some some big goals in the future, um, and so I just I, I'm a small business owner, and I really needed advice based upon that aspect because I think I get everything else if I have a standard salary or income like that. But with the idea of being a small business owner, I'm a little bit uh, I guess I'm ill-equipped or you know just ignorant of how to handle the situation. But um, I'll give you some numbers. I've, we've got a truck loan, which is my work truck, and it's nineteen thousand dollars. Uh, we have a mortgage of one hundred eighty thousand dollars, and then we have eight hundred dollars in uh, just uh, two two different uh, zero interest uh, credit cards that are going to be paid off within the next two months. And um, so I'm, I'm looking at a little over two hundred thousand dollars in debt, and I I want to get this knocked out for my family uh, so that I can make sure that we are in a position where we can help others uh, as well as ourselves, and then. Uh, but so I, what did you pay to, taxes on last year in your business? What's your taxable income? Um, uh, 54. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Does your wife and work then, outside the home? She's a full-time household engineer. Okay. Do you uh, anticipate making more than 54 on the business this year? Yeah, I, I'm looking to uh, be around 60 to 70. Good. What do you do? Uh, I'm, uh, I own a carpentry company. We do finished carpentry. How many employees? Uh, it's just me, and then I subcontract out to two other guys on occasion. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Good for you. Okay. Um, so it sounds like the income is fairly predictable. Uh, and it, you know, if you're doing, say, if you're doing trim carpentry, there's a lot of construction in Knoxville, so you shouldn't have any trouble getting work for the next while without any trouble. I mean, you're not going to like dry up and get zero, so you're going to be fine. You, and you should be increasing uh, pretty steadily, as a matter of fact. So, uh, good news there. As far as running the business goes, what we teach folks in Entree Leadership is to hold enough in the business to make sure the business stays healthy. Now. What do you actually spend money on in this business? You're a one-man show. You do trim carpentry. Do you buy the supplies and then uh, and job ticket the whole thing out, or does you, do you just supply the labor? So I, I do I do some supplies, and then I do the labor. And then uh, my biggest expense, because I just started last year, was acquiring all of my equipment, um, which we were able to do predominantly through a cash flow, but some of it was uh, done through um, uh, uh temporary debt that lasted, you know, a couple months at a time before it was paid off uh, to buy equipment that was just absolutely needed for that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I, I generally keep a balance on my, on my box store card, uh, but it's nothing that doesn't get knocked down every, every month. I, I, I chop away at it. I don't always have a zero balance there though, as I try and, you know, figure out how to do capital and all that. And yeah. do I need to put so more So what in you need to do is you need to stop that because that's yeah. a, that's a rubber crutch. It's going to fall under you. Okay. Right. Um, and you, you, the other thing is, is you'll end up buying crap uh, in the name of I need another tool uh, that you really didn't have to have. And and right. So what what I want you to do is I want you to pay cash for or write a check or debit card for your equipment purchases, and I want you to hold back a percentage of your profits before you take money home. Okay. Now, now you're 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 setting money aside for taxes every month, right? Um. Yes, and yes, yes, we are. Yeah, we call it. It wasn't very time. convincing. Yeah, so we we did last year, and we actually ended up not paying taxes last year because of the amount of income. So we've got money set aside as a part of our just. We just have one savings account. And How did so you not it, pay income with a fifty-four thousand dollar income? Um. So okay, so I think I misunderstood your question then. So after taxes, no, I was not at 54. I was down at 42. I'm sorry, not not after taxes. After, I was asking what your profit was that you paid taxes on. If you had a taxable income of $54,000, you did pay taxes. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I, I, think, I, I think I just... I think I misspoke. Sorry, apologies. That's okay. Um, That's okay. So, so you need to be setting aside money for your taxes each month out of your profits before you take money home, and you need to set aside a small amount for a tool fund each okay, month yeah. before you take money home, and then take everything else home, and then, George, work the baby steps. Yeah, this is just going to go in the debt snowball. So let's pay off the credit cards, get rid of the truck loan, switch to a business debit card, and start using cash to run this whole thing, and that's going to keep you from getting into the cycle where you're trying to keep up. Yeah, you're, you're, you're going to get caught in a cycle because we work with construction people and have for 20 years in Entree Leadership. And 
Uh, I've kind of got that in my DNA as well. I grew up in the real estate business. Dad built homes when I was a kid. And so I love tools. I buy tools. I don't even know what they do, but I need the tool, you know. And so that those of us that are cut out of that cloth, we tend to overspend on tools that we, in air quotes, have to have. And I want you to have the minimum tool purchase because it's overhead to get the job done. This is the Ramsey Show. Hey guys, it's Rachel. You've heard me talk about Christian Healthcare Ministries, a health cost-sharing ministry, but I want you to hear from one of their members. Abby racked up a lot of doctor bills with a recent pregnancy, but she said CHM shared all of her eligible pregnancy-related medical expenses and their staff was consistently attentive, helpful, and considerate. That's Abby's CHM story, and it could be yours. Learn more and join chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. George Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Guys, we really value input from you that watch and listen to the show. Uh, it helps us to know what's important to you so we can deliver the right content that will help you with the questions and the challenges that you have. We want to give you uh, motivation, inspiration, and information so you change your life. That's our idea. One way you can share your thoughts with us is by answering a few questions in a new survey we just launched. You can check out the Ram, check it out at RamseySolutions.com slash survey. Takes just a few minutes, and uh, we will do a drawing among the people that take the survey. Someone will win, randomly, a $500 Visa gift card. Check it out, RamseySolutions.com slash survey. We want to hear from you. So it's one of those surveys we found out how popular Georgia is. Is that true? It is true. I'm actually. hearing it for the first time. It is. It's actually came back. Your, your, rate, your personal ratings are very good on the show that's good to hear so uh, all right that is job security folks so you thank go. you to that's all it. those nice people out there yeah. do they get to rate you too um yeah but the difference is i don't care <laughs> there so, we go um, i care so. deeply i need all the validation and affirmation <laughs> i can get I'm, i've been doing it in you know, 30 years i'm probably just get off my lawn guy you're, you're now, done so. taking a poll I'm just, I mean, I want to be, I want to be helpful. I want to be attuned to the customer need, but we're not taking a poll on. This is know. not like the YouTube comment section. We actually want to make the show better. So we want good <laughs> critical thinking skills here, folks. Oh, sorry. Just busted on the YouTube Too crazies. Too yeah. soon. Wow. All right. Jack is in Richmond, Virginia. Hey, Jack, how are you? Hey guys, I'm doing great. How are you? Better than I deserve. How can I help? All right. So today, my wife and I just finished up Baby Step Two this morning. We just made our last, our last debt payment. And, Yay! Uh, it's, it's, it's How much did you pay off? In the world. Uh, we paid off ninety-seven thousand dollars in eleven months. Whoa! Kicking it. So we've been we've been hustling. Um, and the last the last thing you know, my question is, is we have about seventy thousand dollars sitting in a traditional IRA. Um, I'm twenty-nine. She's twenty-seven. And my question is, as a part of we're finishing up, uh, going on to baby step three here, should we convert that to raw and pay the taxes on it um, as a part of just, just finishing up baby step two? No. Um, at our age with that dollar amount. No. After, after baby step seven, you would. Okay. Okay. I don't want you to pay tax bills while you still got a mortgage. 
Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, you know, I, I always hear you guys say the, you know, match beats Roth beats traditional. It does. Uh, and and so was, all your stuff going forward should follow that formula. But this one, I don't want to convert it because converting it is going to create a, you know, a $15,000 or so tax bill. Yes, exactly. That's what I was worried about. It was another 15000 that I that I wasn't looking forward to paying off. Um, but I didn't know if it would be the smart thing to do or not. So It, it is once you've got extra money. We got priorities here, okay. so we got to get the fully funded emergency fund. Begin investing fifteen percent. Get the down payment. Get the house paid off, and then we have all the margin in the world because we don't have payments. And you can do stuff like that. John is in Oklahoma City. Hey, John, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, thanks, Dave. How are you guys? Better than we deserve, sir. What's up? Okay, awesome. Well, hey, I took uh, the Dave Ramsey advice here. Sold my duplex, and uh, going to take the uh, proceeds from that. And, uh, I was planning on, uh, paying off my, my truck, <clears throat> but, uh, I, when I bought my house, my primary house in April, I had a uh, co-signer cause I didn't have enough, uh, job history. I just started a couple months ago and, uh, I know it probably wasn't the smartest thing, but, uh, anyways, really what I'm getting at here is, uh, <clears throat> I, I think I'd rather pay off the house, and I know it's a larger debt than than the truck, just because I'd like to get this cosigner off without having to refinance. Okay, so you got enough cash from the duplex to pay off your home? Yeah, yeah, but not both. I put a, but not both, right? I put a pretty big down payment on the house, and uh, so what do you owe on your house? Uh, one hundred three, one hundred four, something. And how like much that. you got in proceeds from the duplex? Uh, one hundred five. Okay. And you have any other money? Uh, yeah, I got my savings. I got about 30, 30, about 30,000 in there. Yeah. Okay. What do you owe on your truck? No, about 20. Okay. Um, what do you make a year? Uh, this year it's going to be a little bit lower, probably around 45 to 50. Uh, just getting ramped up in this whole thing. Uh, you're single. I knew, uh, industry uh yep single getting married next year oh good for you okay uh i'd pay off both pay off both okay she'll leave you not not much not much savings but i and i want you to dive in then build your build your emergency fund up to three to six months of expenses but i love the idea of having not a payment in the world that feels really clean to me right right yeah i can understand that i'll have about uh probably uh, around seven to eight thousand in taxes um on this on the on the proceeds there so yeah but okay yeah i mean uh, i think you can i I still think you can make both of them what's the truck worth uh it's worth about 40 38 40 Mm. um it's a lot you don't even be driving a forty thousand dollar truck when you make forty five thousand dollars a year yeah i know i know yeah I, i i changed my mind i would just sell the truck sell it okay <laughs> yeah that ain't happening but that is what you should do <laughs> that went over <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, i regret okay. this immediately we, we went from advice to meddling <laughs> either way you're dead free and now you're in the market for a new less expensive truck yeah you really shouldn't be driving a forty thousand dollar truck when you make forty five thousand dollars a year because they go down in value like a rock that's where chevy gets that like a rock and so, yeah, you don't you don't want to do that, dude. That's bad investment, bad place to have that much money parked when with that level of income. A good rule of thumb, folks, is not have more than half your annual income tied up in things with wheels and motors. Things with wheels and motors go down in value. And so, when you got 
over you make eighty thousand, you got sixty thousand dollars worth of freaking toys. You, it's really diff, you know you are you are like saying I am middle class and plan to stay that way. That's what you're saying, right? And so uh, looking good in the at the stoplight, and that's it. Not in the balance sheet. And so, um, you know, wealthy people think differently about this, and that's how they became wealthy. And uh, when you sell for forty and you owe twenty, he can still go get him a twenty thousand dollar truck. That makes sense. Yeah, and that would be about half of his annual income. And you know, and George, I know trucks have gone up, but twenty thousand dollar truck is not a bad truck. No, you can get and people. It's go, not a forty thousand dollar truck. It doesn't have all not the features I want. Not a bad truck. Well, I mean, you know, you know, truck guys, you're one of them. I yeah, I just drove my Raptor in here this morning. Tried to park it between those little electric things. Hey, down you there. chose that parking spot, Dave. I, well, no, they put, the, they put the little plug-in stupid thing right beside my parking spot, which is kind of like insulting to the Raptor. It just That's it, true. It has it gets the hives every time I pull up next to one of those little plug-in cars. I'll apologize. Me and Rachel will apologize yeah. to your Raptor next time we pull up next your, to it. Your, your little plug-in car owes an apology, I'm <sighs> just saying. Truck, but hey, truck people are their own breed, Dave. People get on to me, they go, well, George, you don't understand. You're not a truck guy. That's right. I need this $65,000 truck. Well, you know, everybody's got a thing where they say, I'm that guy. But let me just tell you what you are. You're a broke guy when you put too much in stuff that goes down in value. You can blame it on the battery. You can blame it on the truck. You can blame it on, I, um, you know. I, the, Any shiny object I had to get. I had to get a new bass boat Those with a bigger engine. Those bass were outrunning me. I mean, so, I mean, you, you can you can figure out a way to justify anything and call you. I'm a boat guy. I'm a. Uh, what I know, you're not. You're Do not. you catch just, more bass just, with a better boat? Is that how just, it works? You're just broke. That's all. And so, you know, and I've been that guy. So, you know, the thing is, yeah, all of you out there, you just got it's drive like no one else. So later, you can drive like no one else. I mean, I drove a piece of crap that you know it's made a predominant color on this car was Bondo, and um, it, I mean, it wouldn't bring. I, I mean, it wasn't even a five hundred dollar car. I mean, it, it did money run and go forward, but that was about the extent of it. And I drove that car for 10 years, one three-month period. Um, during that three months, I saved everything I could get, and, and I upgraded considerably to a $1,500 car. And uh, now what do I drive? By God, anything I want. Anything he wants. Because I saved my money, and I got out of debt. Dave, just and give I me your worst car. Work the stuff just we talked about. give me your about. worst, least favorite car. Ever? I want to know what, which one of the ones you own right now. Oh, that I own right now? Yeah. I don't have a car that I don't like. I get rid of them if I don't like them. That's why they call it a Dave car. This, We're rebranding it. <laughs> that's it. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey folks, Dave Ramsey here. There are moments in life we don't want to forget, like your kid's graduation or the once-in-a-lifetime trip. For the big moments, the everyday moments, and everything in between, every dollar is there to help you budget for all of it. It's the simple budgeting app that helps you plan, save, and spend for the important things. Budget for the life you really want, every moment of it. Download the app or check the link in the show notes to create your free account today, every dollar.
Thanks for joining us, America. This is the Ramsey Show. George Campbell, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Joshua's in Seattle. Hi, Joshua. Welcome to the show. Hey there. How y'all doing? Better than we deserve, sir. What's up? So I am a 30-year-old single dad, um, just got divorced earlier this year, and I'm in about $38,000 worth of debt of my own. Um, I feel like I'm living paycheck to paycheck, and I don't know where to start to just get out of this. Um, I've reached an emotional point where I'm done. I've had enough. Um, I know I need to set up a budget, but I'm not sure how or anything like that or what the first step would be. I'm so sorry about your situation, Joshua. How long ago was the divorce? When was it finalized? Um, it was finalized in January. Okay. And coming out of this, what kind of debt is that $38,000? Um, so it is personal loans I took out a while ago and credit card debt. Okay. What's your income? Uh, 65000 Okay. What do you do for work? I'm a plumber. Cool. How old are the kids? Six and three. You're full-time custody? I have 50% custody. Okay. Well, we can definitely help you, and we'll give you some resources as well to... Uh, with this process. Number one, getting on a budget. You're right. That is the key and it's a difficult thing to do. And part of this, you might need to deal with the kind of trauma and the emotional side to just get, you know, you got the wind knocked out of you. And so part of it is just getting back up and going, how am I going to move forward with this new life and what does this look like? Uh, And once we do that, then we can focus on the finances. But it feels like you're just treading water. Are you able to cover your bills every month, put food on the table? I'm able to cover my bills every month. Um, I can somewhat put food on the table. Um, I've got friends and an adopted family around that they help me out quite a bit with making sure that I'm fed Mm. and the kids are fed. That's good. That's what we want you to cover first. Everything else can wait. And if that means talking to the creditors, the credit card companies, the lenders and saying, hey, here's my situation. Here's what I can do right now. That's okay. How much do you owe in your car? Um, I own my car outright. Good. How much is your rent? Um, so I actually have a mortgage, and it oh. comes out to two thousand a month. And your take-home pay is what? So my take-home pay is right around forty-five hundred a month. But mm-hmm. then I also get um, disability from the Navy, and that comes out to fifteen hundred a month. Okay, so you're bringing home 6000 Yeah. Right, okay. right at it. Your house payment's awful high, bud. Uh, it's 33% of your home yeah. pay. And, um, yeah, of course, yeah. that's, that's left over I from the divorce. That, yeah, that, that wasn't what you signed up for. That's left over from the divorce. But that's part of what's tanking your monthly budget. So, yeah, getting on a written plan will make you feel like you've gotten a raise getting on the budget. And uh, right. so that's going to be very important. But if we take your $6,000, put it at the top of the page, and uh, we take food out first, and we take lights and water out second, and we take house payment out third, your truck is paid for, so you just got to put gas and insurance on it. That's it. And, um, you know, you've got some money here. You shouldn't be, like, begging okay. food off of friends. You're just disorganized. Right. You're just disorganized and have the crap beat out of you because it's been a hard year. But you've got mathematically, you're okay. You can you can work through okay. this. 
Um, obviously, you need to cut up the credit cards and stop the borrowing. You yeah. can't you can't dig it. You know you can't dig your way out of a hole. You gotta you know you, you can't just keep get out of a hole while you're digging out the bottom. You can't just keep digging. So no more debt. Chop them up. Get on a written plan. Take care of food first. Lights and water second. House third. Then you've got money left out of that. I mean, there's, right. there's two, three thousand bucks laying there to do some stuff with, and we can begin to work on this. And then the other thing too is, on the days you don't have the kids, I'd pick up extra time. As a plumber, you can make okay. some serious money in overtime or side jobs. One of the two. Right. And you know, an extra thousand bucks a month on this debt makes it go away a lot faster. Okay. Yep. That's a short-term fix, but it's a short-term problem if we get after it. So, do you have any right. cash right now? Anything in savings? I got about a hundred dollars. Mm. So, step one: we've got to get a buffer between you and life, and that's going to be a starter emergency fund of a thousand dollars. And we're going to do get okay. that as quickly as possible. We're talking a few weeks here. Then we're going to move on to the debt snowball, uh, which is where we pay off all the debt, smallest to largest, regardless of the interest rate. And we're going to walk you through this in Financial Peace University. That's going to be our gift to you. Nine videos in there. Also with that, every dollar that'll help you create this budget. Income minus expenses should equal zero. A zero-based budget. Every dollar should have a job. And uh, you're going to get to work. And over the next 18 to 24 months, you're going to bust it to get to a place where these kids see your sacrifice and you can put food on the table without having to worry about anyone else. Yeah. Less than one month, I want $1,000. Less than a month later, I want two of these credit cards gone. And so you're going to list them smallest to largest. You're going to knock off the little ones first and get some momentum like George is talking about. Hang on. We'll get you signed up. Uh, Austin will get you signed up for Financial Peace University. We'll get you into the class or where you're learning how to handle money. And this all goes in your rearview mirror then. And um, this is the year of life change for you. So uh, some of it bad, some of it good. And uh, we're here to walk with you. So hang on. Austin will pick up. Joseph is with us. Joseph is in Salt Lake City. Hi, Joseph. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Better than I deserve. How can we help? Um, so I'm 21 years old. I just came back from a summer of selling pest control, and I and I made $117,000. I don't have – I didn't pay for myself to go to college. I don't have any car debts. I don't have any mortgage or anything like that. And uh, I was just wondering what your best uh, advice would be going forward. I, I read Dave Ramsey going, growing up, and my parents have been helping me through it. And I've got an emergency fund set aside for ten grand. And, I mean, I could start um, going into investments like Roth IRAs or, I don't know, trying to, um, like, save for a, co- a house, you know, save for a house so I can just buy it after college. What, what would you recommend I, I do at this point in my life? So, is this your long-term plan? Do you want to stay in pest control? Do you enjoy it? Um, I mean, I'll probably do it for the next five years. But you and, said you're going uh, to college. Then I'll grad- yeah, I'm going to college right now. I currently go every uh, fall and winter. It's 10K total for that. And I pay for myself to go to college. During the summertime, I go sell pest control. So, I'll probably do that for five years until I graduate. And then I'll just get some kind of job. I'll probably go into a business management degree or something like that. Yeah. What What are you studying in college? I'm studying business management currently. Okay. Did you want to be an entrepreneur and run your own business? Yeah, that was always the dream to do. But, um, you know, just 
life beats you down sometimes. So I'm going to college right now because I know that's a, a very good thing to do at my age, and I can always have that as a fallback. But yeah, definitely. I, no, I will go uh, ahead and finish that degree as fast ventures. as possible. And you've got how yeah. much did you have saved out of this hundred grand? So I have a hundred and seventeen grand is what I came back with. Okay. Um, after taxes, it'll probably be about eighty-eight grand. Okay. Um, gonna pay my tithing on that. Got mm-hmm. my emergency fund in the two semesters, and and I bought a car in cash because you know I needed a car. <laughs> okay. Good. And Good. After Sharp all young that man. Car stuff. What did you buy? So what kind, much how much did you spend on the car? It was nine grand. I got a two thousand seven Ford Mustang. Perfect. GT. So love it. Very good. Pretty good. All right. So, yeah, that um, uh, I, all I'm going to do is what cash is left after all the different things you listed out there. I'm just going to stack yeah. cash. For, uh, it's college insurance plan. Mm-hmm. It's ensuring so that you go through college. It's, after that. it's ensuring that you go through college. You don't need to start Roth IRAs. You don't need to start a house fund. You need to go through college, debt-free. And you've you got this lined up. So you pay your taxes. You pay your tithe. You uh, pay for the car. You set your emergency fund aside, and then you stack cash. And if you graduate from college with fifty or sixty grand in that account, then we can talk about starting to invest then or buying a home then. Just take it easy, man. You're you're just a go getter. You're so far ahead of the game. You're a go getter, man. You're a hustler. It's good. Hustle on grind, man. You're doing great. Big piles of cash. Get through school, then start your investing in house buying. That's what I would do. This is the Ramsey Show. George Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Danny is with us. Danny is in Boca Raton. Hi, Ben. Danny, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? Better than I deserve, sir. How can we help? So I have a three-year-old and a six-week-old. Um, me and my wife would like to put some money away for them. Um, we were wondering what the best thing would be okay are you uh, well we teach folks a thing called the a process for becoming wealthy and taking care of all the different components of our life called the baby steps uh, you may have right. heard of that you may not but the first thing you would do is not put money aside for your kid the first thing you would do is to set money in an emergency fund of one thousand dollars a beginner emergency fund the second thing is get out of debt everything but the house how much debt do you guys have um, pretty much none. We only have two credit cards, but there, there's no debt on them. Um, we have about $3,000 in emergency funds. Okay. No car debt, no student loan debt. Nope. Good. What's your household income? Um, together is about 80, 85, 90. Okay. Cool. Well, once you've done baby step two, which is debt-free but the house, all that means is you need to place some scissors across those credit cards and cut them up, start using debit cards so you don't accidentally slip into debt. 
which people do all the time, then we would go on to baby step three, which is finish the emergency fund. And you're short on that. You got a $3,000 now account and it needs to be three to six months of expenses. Once you have that, then you would begin investing in your retirement, 15% of your income going away for retirement. And once you got that started, then you start saving for the kids college, which is what you're calling about. And, uh, but the right. best thing you can do to stabilize the, the family for the kids is to uh, you know to be to be out of debt and be building your investments, and then in addition to that, we can start saving for kids' college. If you click on SmartVestor at RamseySolutions.com, you might find um, a SmartVestor Pro that you will find a SmartVestor Pro that we recommend. Sit down with one that you like that has the heart of a teacher. And uh, you'll want to learn about uh, 529s and ESAs and putting money in mutual funds for your kid's future. Is that what we're talking about here? Yes, sir. Okay. It says on my screen something about an IUL. Yeah, we were looking into those um, because you've got a friend uh, in the insurance business. Yeah. Yeah. Guess what? Which, Your by the way, going to make way, way more commission sucks. off of that. Yeah, so IULs are awful. It's an indexed yeah. universal life. You never do investing inside of an insurance policy. It is the world's worst place to do investing. The only people in all of the financial world that recommend that you invest inside of a life insurance policy are insurance people. Nobody else does. Nobody else believes right. that crap. It's so outdated so outmoded it's covered in fees horrible product don't do it was i unclear no sir okay <laughs> and by the way your kids don't need life insurance life insurance yeah, is meant no. to replace your income in case something happens to you so you your wife you both need a good term life policy meaning it's not for your whole life we're talking about a 15 20 year level term life policy 10 to 12 times your income if you have those in place you can rest easy at night yeah, and then if something happened to the two of you, your kids will be taken care of, right? Um, right. But the, uh, and you get that at xanderinsurance.com. They'll shop a gazillion companies, get you the best deal. That's who you deal with. So, And it's way more affordable than these IUL policies. It'll be uh, 5%. $5. If your IUL is 100 bucks, this will be 5 bucks. It literally is 5%. It's horrible, man. So just stay away from that. So, you know, walk your way up into investing in real investments. And in the meantime, make sure you've got term life insurance in place and you've got the whole thing taken care of. Dave, I'm seeing this all over social media. I don't know why, but the young people are gravitating towards these universal life policies. And here's how it's marketed. They go, you know it, you're supposed to use your life insurance while you're alive. Did you know that? And everyone's like, oh, my gosh, this is brilliant. This investing policy inside of my whole life. Oh, my gosh, this is amazing. I'm going to become a millionaire. And the commissions and fees these guys are making selling this crap is insane. Yeah. And the amount of time you have to spend pull, pulling that premium every single month in order to make any amount of money is absurd. Well, I don't know how it's legal. The indexed universal policy is um, it's a newer version of an old bad idea is what it amounts to. And so... What you're going to find if you take this product apart and look at the components of it, the insurance portion goes up every year. It's basically what we call an ART, an annual renewable term. Term insurance, all life insurance gets more expensive every year that you're alive, period, because you're statistically more likely to die every year you're alive, right? Brilliant. So if you're 51, you're more likely to die statistically than if you're 50, period, okay? 
End of story. Now, why would you get? How do you get then a fifteen or a twenty-year level term insurance? Well, it is cheaper than the average of the fifteen-year of increases. The ART would start out cheaper and it would end higher, and the lines would cross right in the middle. Hypothetically, if it was exactly how you see what I'm saying, so the ART would go, it'd go straight up, and the fifteen-year would be level, and it would cross right in the middle at seven and a half years. However, it doesn't do that because it is cheaper for an insurance company to produce a 15-year policy that because they keep you for 15 years, then it's called persistence in the real insurance business, than it is for them to try to get you to stay with a policy that goes up every year. Can you imagine that if you get a bill and every year it goes up, you're probably more likely to cancel that. So that policy doesn't stay on the books, so it's more expensive for them to sell ARTs. So net result is a 15-year is way cheaper than the average of 15 years of ART. Okay. Now, the index universal goes up every year inside the policy, but you don't see it. So if you've got a $400 premium, a certain portion, like on your, you know, if you ever look at your mortgage, your mortgage payment, a portion goes to interest, a portion goes to principal. The further you go along, more goes to principal, less goes to interest. This is exactly the opposite. The further you go along, more goes to insurance, less goes, because the ART is going up every year inside there, less is going to your investments. And so if you keep the stupid thing long enough, it will begin to be the point that the premium you're paying will not even cover the insurance cost. Oof. And so it starts to eat back into your savings just to keep the policy alive. And uh, the thing gets what we call upside down in the insurance business. And so now you've got a real piece of crap that's that's eating itself from the inside out. But they pitch it as this really sophisticated, nuanced, Listen, it's it, so complicated, you don't understand, just trust me yeah. as your insurance guy. I'm going to make you lots of money. Let me give you a clue. Okay, when you drive past most cities, the skyline has banks and life insurance companies. These are the two towers in every skyline. Santa Claus didn't build those. And those people didn't build them with wealth they inherited. They built them with money they took from you. Banks, screwing you. Life insurance companies, screwing you. This has been going on for decades. Nothing new. It's not a new it's not a new song, not a new dance, and just because you put it on TikTok for God's sakes doesn't make it smart. Matter of fact, that kind of dumbs oh, it down. Damn, that's a trigger word for you. I'm sorry. I yeah, shouldn't have mentioned right. anything. I mean, but it's just like. What we teach is that you should take the difference. That if you pay a five bucks for term life versus a hundred for whole life, take the 95 bucks you would have spent and invest that. And you're going to be way better off than having touched one of these crappy policies. Yeah. Oh, here, by the way, after you paid an extra on this all these years and you die, they only pay the face value. They don't pay the face value plus your savings that you've been paying extra to build. So it's like a savings account with a crummy rate of return they get locked that up. when you die, they keep your money. I mean, what? who would bank with that? Oh, people that buy stuff on TikTok. I think Danny needs better friends. Yeah, well. It's time. No, I mean, that happens to everybody because I, I, that's how most particularly whole life, permanent life, crappy life insurance is sold is some old friend from college suddenly remembers you. My buddy from Northwestern Mutual said, Yeah, nah, for God's Let's sakes. be done with that. Oh, that's horrible. That happened to me. That happened to me. I bought it when, We've I, all been when I was a child boy. Yep, I sure did. I did the same stupid stuff, and I have a degree in finance, and I fell for the crap. Now he's a grown man, America. <laughs> he made it. <laughs> this is The Ramsey Show.
Dave here. We just launched a brand new audience survey for The Ramsey Show, and we'd love your feedback. You could be entered to win a $500 Visa gift card. No purchase necessary. Take the survey at RamseySolutions.com slash survey. If you enjoy this podcast, you should check out other great podcasts from the Ramsey Network, like Ramsey Everyday Millionaires. Ordinary people built extraordinary wealth, and you can too. On Everyday Millionaires, you'll learn how millionaires live on less than they make, avoid debt, invest, and are disciplined and responsible. Listen to Everyday Millionaires wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's James, producer of The Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.